Okay. <laughs> Hold on. No laughing because then I'll get the laughs. Okay. And I'm in a serious mode right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Just chisel it. Chill. Chisel it out for me. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Haskell. Feed me. Give me those adjectives. <laughs> no, that ain't it. Jeez. Not close. Come on. We're getting there. We're getting there. Chisel, chisel it out, out for, for me. me. <laughs> That's got to be an episode. All right. Well, welcome back to the Flagship Visuals Podcast. We made it. Episode number two. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, episode number one, we sort of talked about our backstories, sort of how we fell into filmmaking and, you know, sort of what brought us to, you know, uh, Flagship Visuals, you starting the company, me joining uh, up with you, and really just highlighted at the end of the day, uh, take, you know, the production aspect out of it and our industry out of it like what does flagship visuals bleed if you take those components out who are we you know what's our core dna what makes us tick and so if you haven't checked out that episode that'll sort of give you context um you know going into this episode but today's episode we really want to just talk about uh yeah you know those beginning days of flagship mm -hmm. and you know is sort of those milestone moments um, be it through, you know, experiences, projects, you know, circumstances, obviously COVID being a huge, mm. you know, world global event mm. that, you know, changed some things for us. And um, yeah, sort of where we're up to today. So hopefully we get through all of that today. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, why don't we just sort of kick things off by talking about year one of flagship and and what that sort of looked like matt yeah. obviously uh, i wasn't around for year one mm -hmm. so so yeah. talk to me about year one year one was a lot of uh figuring things out on the business side of things um and learning how to run a business learning what an invoice was um and understanding those things and then yeah kind of off to the races after that but i think year one was essentially me freelancing and then going full time in about June. And then that whole summer, a lot of travel projects, a lot of um, a, a lot of pretty fun projects back to back to back. You know, Niagara Falls, Cooperstown, where baseball was like invented and a lot of really cool like Houston and, and shooting a lot of uh, essentially like like uh, product end user testimonial type videos. Um, and so. Those were the bulk of our of our beginning um, projects, and I utilized you know a, a good friend of ours who we'll, I'm sure we'll have on the, the podcast at, at some point uh, named Austin Burnett, um, who at that time had gone through film school and kind of was sort of he was kind of starting as well, and so we he he was more on the freelance side of stuff, and so he came along on those trips and you know very much helped me out on that, and then uh, Cody who was you know in high school working for me part time. Uh, went on a lot of those initial trips, you know, like as soon as summer let out, it was like, and let's go hop on this plane and let's let's roll. And so uh, it was a three man band type projects and just kind of very run and gun that that first year was a lot of those types of projects. Um, so year one, which is basically figuring it out, right? Figuring it and, out. And yeah. and saying yes to pretty much anything that came your mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, and also kind of being oddly like kind of surprised because I had zero gauge on like my skill set outside of the nonprofit world, which mm -hmm. is very insulated and insular. It's a very, it feels like a very big world, but it's a very small world. Yeah. And so then when you step outside of that, you don't really know like how good or how bad you are. And fortunately, I 
it turned out that I was I was pretty decent in the eyes of, you know, a, a pretty large brand and what they were used to. And so I didn't know it. But the things that we were shooting um, was kind of pushing the envelope even for them as a brand. And so that was like very eye opening to me. And so um, did you have all of those projects like booked for that summer before you went full time or did you like no. leap of faith it and then just no, like my first freelance project, um, they, they, I did it. It, it was in their terms, a very, you know, low budget. Hey, we don't have much of a budget to me. I'm like, you know, coming from the nonprofit world, I was like, wow, this is like a very, very good paying job, you know? And so, uh, they loved it fortunately. And then it was like, well, why don't we just have him do these other ones? And so then that one just led to the next one, the next one. And so before I knew it, it was just kind of like, you know, one project after the next just kept coming along. And so, um, yeah. And then, you know, again, you're, you're trying to fulfill those particular projects, go on the production, get prepared for the production, have the right gear, edit, deliver revisions while still trying to get new clients and more clients. But this, this client has a lot more work that they want you to do. And so it, it was definitely like, you know, running full sprint with like your, your shoes on fire, you know? And so, um, it was fun, man. A lot of fun that first year and a lot of figuring it out and, you know, having and, and I think by the end of that year, I had brought on another uh, part time uh, high school guy named Caleb. And he was uh, also editing because we had picked up another client who had very consistent work. And so um, we're doing a lot of car commercial type content and uh, a lot of the editing side of things and the production side of stuff, too. So. You know, looking that kind back, of, yeah. looking back, I can sort of see that that sort of set our trajectory mm-hmm. because, you know, we always talk about and I'm sure we could look at the books and see like percentage wise mm-hmm. agencies, percentage wise brands. But mm-hmm. it's like you had a working, consistent relationship with a brand mm-hmm. at the end of that year and a working, consistent relationship with an agency. Yeah. Um, at the end of that year and that sort of set the precedent of even the two different mindsets yeah. of working with a brand and working with an agency which yeah. we can kind of uh, touch on later mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the year you basically had two solid clients that were continuing to give you yeah. repeat business and you know some little, little things, things here yeah. and there as as always mm-hmm. um, but is there is there any insight there that you would give to someone you know that's a that's a question that I feel like I get asked a lot by people who are who are interested in getting in the industry is oftentimes like how or where do I start mm-hmm. and there's a difference too between you know joining an established company versus starting your own yeah. company but is there is there any insight into that first year um, I would say on the financial side of things just don't overextend yourself to me um, you know I never bought any piece of gear or any type of anything for the business unless it was like cash like I had had the money to do so um, and then the, the the first thing was I got an accountant to make sure my taxes were set up I just heard too many you know horror stories of you know people unknowingly just kind of you know starting a business and not realizing you know that the tax side of stuff and before they knew it they they unknowingly just owed a lot of money and it kind of you know stifled what they they could have done you know moving forward and so for me that was just kind of like to the financial side of things was like i don't want to be stressed financially at all um so I'm not going to go and take a business loan out. I'm not going to go and like, and that was just, that was what I did for probably, I don't know, man. Like I, I think the the first time flagship ever took on any debt was our production van. And we could have, 
you know, bought it cash, but instead we decided, no, like based off of our accountant's advice, like, no, like make payments on it. You'll be able to depreciate it, so on and so forth. But it took a lot. So, uh, to, to get me there. Um, but that would be like a, a big year one, like don't overextend yourself. Like there, there's no reason to go out and buy a ton of gear. Cause I can guarantee you by the time you've bought it, there's going to be more gear that comes out that the you know manufacturer comes out with a new camera, new lenses, whatever. So there's no reason to do that. I, I would say build your network and it, it's a lot about who, you know, if you're cool to work with, um, and you're, you're, you're willing to learn and you can do good work, or at least you're willing to do better work and, and improve on yourself, like building your network and just finding, finding where you can be valuable is where I would suggest you kind of put all of your effort, time and energy is in that side of things for your first year in, whether it's freelancing or, you know, starting a production company. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, so we'll call it year two, you hire, you know, your first real full-time person. Mm -hmm. And even at that point, uh, you know, it it was more of a internship Mm -hmm. and, we'll see what it looks like after this three month period, Mm -hmm. um, which did end up turning into a full time position. And then simultaneously, that's when you and I were starting conversations. Mm -hmm. um, And when you know, I joined up uh, with you, too. And so that was sort of the uh, fall of of 2015. Um, At that point, you had an established uh, relationship um, with steel, the Mm -hmm. the chainsaw uh, manufacturer brand. Mm Um, as well as, you know, a a handful of other clients again, Mm -hmm. that were sort of, uh, divvying out consistent work and you on the nimble side, I feel like knew like, okay, you know, we know how to, you know, stretch these budgets and still have like a nimble crew, nimble Mm -hmm. execution, but we're starting to, you know, I don't want to say hit the ceiling, but reach the limits of what can be done, mm-hmm. uh, uh, from a, from a nimble standpoint with, you know, what we were continuing to elevate. Like mm-hmm. I said, in the last episode, you know, whatever that bar that we reach, that's now the floor we're mm-hmm. continuing to, to elevate from that standpoint. And then when I came in, I had, you know, um, again, not necessarily a ton of experience, but more experience with, with larger productions and just, um, you know, a different outlook on things being in the corporate world and seeing money mm. from that standpoint, uh, as well. And what goes into, you know, projects and, and so forth. And, um, yeah, so I would say the next sort of milestone was we were doing the work that was sort of expected of us. And we were given an opportunity, given a project by steel, um, to produce at that time was an internal video on their factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that don't know who steel is or what they are, they're, a, you know, a global brand that's been around over 50 years mm-hmm. and, uh, founded, uh, in, in Germany, um, and, you know, manufactured the first electric hand chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're huge in the commercial landscaping and construction mm-hmm. industry and, you know, uh, tree industry yeah. here. Like I think in they the came States. to the U S like in the seventies. So I think yeah. they're, they're 40 or 50, they're, they're 50, 50 years, years here is here. here yeah. But like they've been around for a long Almost hundred years, yeah. um, it, it, globally. And, uh, anyways, their headquarters is here mm-hmm. in Virginia beach where we're, where we're located. Um, and you know, uh, well over thousands of employees here mm-hmm. globally, tens, tens of thousands of, of people. And so it's a large brand, mm-hmm. it's a billion dollar brand. Um, and I'm saying all that just to give context to the stakes of, you know, 
where you had been up to experience wise, mm-hmm. where flagship had been up to experience wise. And the project task uh, that we were given was to create an internal video for their factory because mm-hmm. um, their factory was was headquartered here. And uh, just to give an updated factory video like sort of how, how it's made, how it's made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the Discovery Channel show. And so showing, you know, it's just sort of the process. And so um, I think, yeah, from that standpoint and, you know, just from that trailblazing mindset and us knowing we can take, you know, uh, a budget and maximize it Mm -hmm. and stretch it. And, you know, we just sort of swung for the fences on it and internally decided like, hey, we're going to check the boxes of their factory video. But I think that we can make a brand film Mm -hmm. out of this. Mm -hmm. And we spent every dime of that budget on, you know, production value, hiring crew, really made it into a commercial production and created a brand film. And I mean, it was months in in the works of pre-production talks concept Mm -hmm. everything and we were holding things close to the vest too because we also didn't want to you know like (laughs) them to get the wrong idea we knew we could execute Mm -hmm. at the level and you know bring it back to whatever they wanted we were always making sure it was within their scope and we were making sure too that like what we were putting in was sweat equity and then, you know, just not taking profit mm-hmm. on, you know, what what would have been rightfully ours mm-hmm. in that in that standpoint and put it all back into the production mm-hmm. to really elevate it. And I remember sleepless nights editing it. It ended up being like a over 10 day production mm-hmm. and was not a 10 day production budget. No. And uh, we just created all these scenarios and tied this, you know, uh, storyline together to all their end users and employees and all this stuff, like created this narrative of like what the steel brand embodies, um, which became known as the steel way mm-hmm. was what the spot, what the spot ended up being called. Um, and I just remember, you know, and this is like another little side note too. like, we knew, Hey, we can't just send a link to the client, like, and have them view it. Like we like Mm. got like a projector Mm -hmm. and like met them, you know, in their boardroom, Mm. got there an hour early, Mm -hmm. you know, to show them the cut that we had been working on. Mm. We had custom music, uh, a voiceover, which they had never done. Like, Mm -hmm just a lot that went into it. Uh, And again, this is back in 2016, early 2016, you know, where I'm not saying that brand films weren't around, but now you can go to pretty much any, you know, eight figure, nine figure company. They're going to have a brand film, Mm -hmm. right? Um, This was still before, before that was like a a normal known thing. And uh, yeah, I remember just like, playing it and you're nervous and you're like wanting to make sure the sounds right and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And, uh, you know, they're seeing it essentially first cut for the first Mm -hmm. time. We've been living with it in post for, you know, a month at this point. And, uh, I just remember the, uh, the guy at the time is awesome guy. He's since retired. Um, but he was just like laid back in his chair after, it, remember, after it got done, after it yeah. got done. So it stopped and it was like silence. And he was just like this and he was looking at the, <laughs> at the you know, the projector screen and, you know, she's not saying a word like, at oh this point. Gosh. And I'm like, it's going to get killed. And he just goes and looks at us and he goes, very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, <sighs> oh, okay. You know, you just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like almost like 
more was said and what was unsaid mm-hmm. of like we just caught him off guard in a good way mm-hmm. delivered over and beyond and pretty sure he immediately went and got um the the head of marketing yes to bring him down there and show it to him like yes. immediately like unplanned yes and, you gotta see this yeah sort of thing and then yeah head of marketing was like very very blown away and taken yeah. back by that as well yeah. so that was like that was like our. I feel like the the first project where it was like, all right, feather in a cap. Like I, yeah. I feel like I'm glad that we pushed the envelope. We yeah. knew we could, like I said, we knew we could always go back and deliver what they wanted a tried and true, you know, factory tour video. Like no problem, yeah, no problem at all. But we also knew like this is something that they need. We wanted to help elevate their brand. Yeah. We knew that they needed this, and they made maybe didn't know that they wanted that or needed that until they saw it. And sometimes like. I don't know that saying like, you know, like, uh, uh, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness was yeah. kind of like, you know, in this situation, it's like, that's what it is. Like, we're not asking for, for permission necessarily. We're like, we're going to show it to you and like, Hey, if we weren't supposed to do this, like, I'm sorry, we'll go back and we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board and give you exactly what you want. Not yeah. a big deal at all. And so fortunately it worked out and you worked know, we, out and then some, yeah. because it ultimately yeah. ended up turning into uh, a national commercial yep. uh, where we did cut downs. We did a 60 mm. second, a 30 second. Again, Aaron, the brand film was four minutes long. Um, and so, yeah. It, and 30 ended up airing on ESPN. Yep. Um, you know, during the you know, Timber Sports and a lot of other stuff, you know, Steel Timber Sports, they basically invented a sport to some extent, you know, or yeah. at least made it very mainstream. And so um, I think it was the second longest running show on ESPN or is the second longest running show next to like a fishing show. Um, but it was like early days ESPN, like, you know, yeah. uh, but yeah. And so it aired, you know, on ESPN or a lot of ABC sports, all all kinds of stuff that was, that was Uh, airing it. So again, I think that was our first national commercial as well. Yeah. And on paper, right. We technically had no business doing that, but we knew we could execute. Mm -hmm. We knew that we could make something that was great. We knew something that we could, we could make that that matched the brand and mm-hmm. elevated the brand. And I think that was sort of like you said, our feather in a cap of like, we can we can do this. Mm-hmm. Like we can make stuff and make stuff great. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say we sort of kept that spirit. And again, as we sort of grew and got more and more opportunities, we were doing, you know, more local commercials and things like that. But mm-hmm. every single time we iterated and, you know, did things better, did things, you know, maybe slightly different or improved mm-hmm. in, you know, different ways. And then I would say, um, you know, we, we got to a point, uh, maybe, I don't know, three years in, And uh, again, I felt like we were sort of like, I don't want to say rinse and repeat, but a lot of the opportunities that were coming Mm. our way, like, I don't feel like I found my voice yet um, on some of those things. Like, I still feel like I was a little bit like, um, not skittish, but like doubtful or like, uh, agreeable or again i don't know what word you would put to Mm -hmm. it um but well actually why don't we talk about like sort of like that defining moment of that split because oddly enough like we both dp directed that steelway spot which i don't dp anything but Mm -hmm. i like came up dp'd some of Mm -hmm. it um and same with you um and i know it wasn't on that shoot that we like made that distinction of like but it was i switch. feel like it was like mi- not, not verbally but i think naturally organically midway through that that steel wasn't shoot. that shoot though it was it was a different shoot it was uh um i remember it was uh the 
pressure washer shoes. Okay. That's where it was, where it was like, um, it like switched where it was like, okay, you're DP, uh-huh. I'm directing. Yeah. And it was like, by the end of that shoot, we were like, oh, that felt so much better. Yeah. Where, Cause it was always like a, it was, it was like, we're, we're, we're a director DP duo. Well, that's because right. that's because that's our background. Our background is right. like run and gun. We're everything. We're yeah. every single hat. And you know, you're working with total volunteers like we talked about in the last episode. And yeah, you're the guy you're holding a camera. You're directing people. You're lighting it. You're making sure the sound is good. You're everything. So yeah. so I think milestone one was just surviving the first year, probably for you. And then mm-hmm. milestone two was being able to provide for both of our families. Mm-hmm. And then milestone three was like that steel way mm-hmm. thing. And then the next, you know, sort of frontier was making that switch of that that like yeah distinct roles right we're not doing all things to all people anymore Mm -hmm. you know even to each other like wearing 17 different hats we're gonna draw the line Derek, you're directing Mm -hmm. everything matt you're DPing Mm -hmm. everything and um you know that that distinction happened and then i would say our next one we had a job where it was a I would say usual to decent budget for us, but, um, you know, something where it would have been very easy to play it safe. Mm -hmm. And, um, the one I'm talking about is the job for the medical client. Mm. Um, and I I don't know if you remember this distinct conversation that I had. Uh, I think we were the the reason why I think I got boldness. Boldness was the word I was looking Mm -hmm. for. Um, I don't, I hadn't found my voice. Hadn't, hadn't found my boldness yet to Mm -hmm. be able to say like, look, I know what I'm talking about and I know that this will make it great. Like, um, on that job in particular, we had just enough going on to where we could say no to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was with an agency that we hadn't worked with. And, uh, yeah, I just remember approaching it. I remember telling you like, look, dude, we got a lot on our plate right now. I'm only going to take this job on if they trust us mm-hmm. full stop. Like yeah. you hire, cause you can get stuck and pigeonholed into getting hired, but then it's kind of like a little bit Being of the like, camera there. Yes. Get them to say that. Yes. You know? Um, and you know, you're just sort of aiming and pointing and shooting and you know, your, your work is sort of judged through the lens and the filter of whoever's really calling the shots. And again, mm. we're very collaborative. So it's not that we don't welcome input, but if you are hiring us again, at this point now where we've matured is like, you're hiring us cause you, you want us, you want flagships thumbprint on your project. And so mm. there does need to be a mutual trust and respect. Yeah. And you and just want to be able to like breathe easy knowing we're going to take care of you know all the random stuff and crazy decisions that don't need to be had. i mean i know i would want to hire us you know yeah. I'm, I'm very biased obviously but i'm yeah. like dude if i was gonna yeah. drop some coin on like a serious video like i would want to hire us yeah. to do it because i just know i wouldn't have to worry about a whole lot you know yeah and so i think at that time like you said boldness was probably like the, the key word where you know maybe i don't i don't, know, I don't think we were yes men but i think we were certainly like very kind we were very agreeable mm-hmm. like and very much like even if someone suggested something that we knew either wasn't going to work or was going to throw a wrench in things or wasn't the best use of time again we just couldn't make anything work and so we would just say like okay yeah we'll make that work we'll make mm-hmm. that work rather than at the very least saying this is why we don't think it'll work this is yeah. why we think you should do this mm-hmm. instead or or, or like hey let's how about a minor tweak to that idea and yeah. i think it'll work 
Yeah. You know? Um, so we hadn't found that voice. And so we were busy enough to where this job came through with a decent budget where I knew we could make it great if we mm. had the say. And uh, and that's what happened. I remember even going through on that scout and I remember having that conversation with you and, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, me saying, I'll we'll do the job, mm. but this is how we're going to do it. Mm. And we are we are going to be in the driver's seat and mm. uh, we're not going to be a passenger in, in a good way, one. in a good way. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember walking through that scout and I remember even having a comment. You might not even remember this, but I remember telling them cause you had told me, you're like, ah, it's just going to look so much better if like, you know, I know we're going to have this sterile environment again, mm -hmm. it's medical. Mm -hmm. No, we're going to have this sterile environment. I know that things aren't going to be like real, mm -hmm. you know, and they might have an issue with that. And, you know, we get a, you know, Hollywood, some things a mm -hmm. bit. I'm like, all right, we're telling them mm -hmm. this is what we're doing, mm -hmm. like to make it better. Um, and we're, we're just approaching it. Like, Hey, we do this. We always mm -hmm. do this. And I was like, we're not asking. We're mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. this room needs to look mm -hmm. like this. We're we shutting off all this. the lights. Yeah. We're putting a colorful light behind yeah, this machine. And, like, and, and what was, what was funny is, and again, we never in a rude way, mm -hmm. never in a know-it-all way. Yeah, sure. And in a way that's like, Hey, like you're, you can rest easy that we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, on that location scout, we you know said, this is how we need to do everything. The producer was awesome and was like, cool, yeah. like check, check, check. We'll go down, we'll make sure we ask that, yeah. we'll make sure we do this, we'll make sure we have this for you. And it was almost like, you know, even to them comforting, like, okay, cool. These people know what they're mm -hmm. doing. I can just like make it happen. Yeah. Um, I don't have to think about how to make this happen. They're just telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, fast forward to on set and, you know, maybe even some of those things that might've been questionable, but okay, we'll let you do it. Being on set that first day, and it was a three-day shoot, three day and then shoot. by the the second and third day, like client wasn't even near monitor. Mm -hmm. They were in the break room, yeah. like they were checking in maybe every few hours. We were just doing our thing. We were just doing our thing because of how how they saw what mm -hmm. things were looking like. They saw you know mm -hmm. the, the end product and the end result just even in camera. And that trust was there right at the gate. Like it, yeah. it happened pretty quick, trust wise. Yeah, and and the end product was great. They loved it, mm -hmm. and uh, again, that was like. That was confirmation for me of like, okay, Derek, like you know what you're doing mm -hmm. at this point. And if you don't, like you're you're gonna be honest about that and mm -hmm. you're gonna figure it out. And there's been productions that we brought people in that mm -hmm. have elevated it and you know might have been out of our wheelhouse and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um that that we have done that with. But that was that was a big milestone for me as a director, finding mm -hmm. my voice, having that boldness, knowing like, no, like you've hired me for a reason. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason that was a big one for me as a DP as well. Like yeah. I, I remember like turning a corner feeling a lot more confident on like, you know, again, going back to like one man band stuff. I'm not telling anyone necessarily what to do, like lighting guys and genie guys like on, on that particular set. Still still pretty uh, small crew. But, you know, I, I felt a lot more comfortable to kind of direct what we needed to do, walking into a room, knowing what angles were going to look best, what lights need to get shut off, where we needed to kind of place lights that would be hidden, but still doing what we want them to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I definitely felt like I had turned a corner on that particular shoot as well. So yeah, yeah it was a fun shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was year three, um, end of year three, I think, um, where we did that. And again, even from the gear side, we had sort of elevated, uh, somewhere around that year, 
Um, we had, you know, purchased our, our first red camera. Mm. We, you know, had our production van at that point. We mm. were really like building out to be like, okay, we're a legitimate commercial yeah, yeah. production company mm -hmm. at this point. And, um, you know, we had brought Sam on as, mm -hmm. as our producer. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't me and you sort of sharing that component, yeah. but he was, he was helping with, uh, producing and account managing. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we were sort of, you know, uh, full steam ahead and yeah, the trajectory just kept growing. Mm. We continued to add to our team and, uh, you know, we're given uh, again, continued opportunities. We could keep pointing at projects, yeah, this yeah. project, this happened, this project that happened. Um, you know, I think, I think a big, another big one for us was, was, uh, another, you know, established brand that we did a commercial for, um, through a partner agency, um, who we still work through today, have a great relationship with, uh, Alice blue. Um, we had the opportunity to do a, a capital one commercial. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, again, just kept growing in that area of yeah. commercial film making like we're getting outside of local you mm -hmm. know commercials and and things like that and working with you know uh different agencies spreading that working direct with different brands we're having a lot of experience on the brand film side of things um and so yeah that we're sort of going full steam ahead um you know sort of end of 2019 and then mm -hmm. beginning of 2020 happens yep. um and that sort of changed a lot. Everything. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, anything up to that precursor of 2020 being that like distinct, you know, marker, because uh, you're like right around that five year mark, six mm -hmm. year mark. Um, anything else that sort of, uh, yeah, just grew from a perspective standpoint, mm -hmm. team standpoint, mentality, skill set, like, Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, business organizational things, you know, like how we were going to be building you know, strategically, you know, like who's playing what role, et cetera, et cetera, you know, right people, right seat, you know, I think we had, you know, uh, really started to look at the business and how we were structured as a, as a company uh, a lot more um uh, a lot more seriously and kind of work backwards from that, really legitimize a lot of that, run our meetings, our internal meetings a lot differently, our processes, you know, how we were kind of putting things together, like all of it, our, our marketing plan side of things. A lot of that stuff was like really like on the upswing and we were really signing, kind of getting all that stuff kind of in order, um, you know, from from what was basically started, you know, year one up until that point, it was, again, like you said, very, very ready, fire, aim, and we're figuring it out as we go. And so, yeah, I think I think that was probably, you know, some of those latter years was kind of like, you know, organizing, I guess, would be the, the key word, organizing a lot of that stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do some episodes where we highlight some of those projects because so many come to my mind. Yeah. Um, again, those were milestones for a specific reason, mm -hmm. but there's just so many projects and experiences that come to mind along the way of of that just were really enjoyable for one reason or another whether we pushed the creative boundary whether we made new friends mm -hmm. with you know an awesome you know partner and client mm -hmm. and you know uh what that turned into and does turn into mm -hmm. um to just yeah just figuring stuff out trying new things um but yeah, I would say sort of going like a year and a half on that, like really like uh, 
establishing ourselves as a company mm -hmm. and figuring that out. And then that sort of bringing us to, to the beginning of 2020. And I would even say prior to COVID and us sort of just like zooming out. And I think at that point we had a lot of success. Um, you know, we'd made it past that five year mark mm -hmm. as a business. Um, we had worked with a lot of the agencies in the area have had a lot of opportunities with, you know, even national brands mm -hmm. at this point. And, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're sort of heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I don't want to say we lost our way, but that main motto of enjoying the adventure was definitely not like functionally there anymore. Sure. Um, and this was even prior to COVID. This was beginning in 2020, but it's like, we could feel a little bit, we different. could feel yeah. it. And we're like, okay, like maybe we like sort of like, I think at our, at our largest, we were like eight people. Um, and you know, I could just see us going into both of us could see us going in a trajectory of like, like, all right, what are we doing here? What are we building? Are we mm -hmm. getting away from, you know, do we really desire, like we weren't working together as much. Yeah, like yeah. you were sort of siloed off. You were starting to go on productions, you know, without me, we were starting to, you know, sort of split, you know, on the team side of things mm -hmm. from that standpoint, I was, you know, more so managing people, mm -hmm. um, and things. And then, you know, Sam was still involved at that point, you know, uh, managing client things and the sales sales funnel and that side of that, that whole machine. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you were working more on the production side mm -hmm. of stuff. We were trying a lot of new stuff. Yeah. And we know? were, we were throwing and we still have that mentality of mm -hmm. like, let's throw it to the wall and yeah. see what sticks. I think we just, we tried some stuff and we're like, man, I don't think we like it. I just don't like the feel of it. It doesn't feel on, on like DNA to us. And so, yeah, we, you know, we're already kind of feeling like we need to make some changes and that's kind of yeah. uh, a, a lot of, a lot of COVID kind of like pressed the issue on a lot of stuff, you know, forced us to make some decisions we didn't want to make. Accelerated things yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it even got to a point there too, where, I mean, I remember having the conversation with you again, this is early days COVID, but we thought it was very likely the end of the road, you know, yeah. to some degree. I think we just knew this is going to be a long build back again. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was like, all right, like, I feel like we're we're back at getting cut off, you know, back at the knees, you know. I almost felt like, and we're back to year one, and I'm like, man, year one to year year four or five was like such a grind, you know. Yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm in a different stage of life. I got two kids and they're older and like the amount of time and energy and effort that I was able to put in, you know, the, the first time around, I don't know if I have that to do it a whole nother round again. And so I think that, you know, it was just kind of a, uh, an eye opening moment, you yeah. know, and you're just trying to figure it out like, yeah, like is production going to come back, you know? And so probably we weren't able to do anything in person, really. Nothing I mean, we, person. you were, but not really, it, though. It, it, not really. People weren't comfortable with it, yeah. and no standards or protocols had been set mm -hmm. up. And so, yeah, things pretty much scaled back to it was just me and you, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, and it, it didn't make sense for us to have a lot of the stuff that we had. You know, we trimmed. Right. You know, we went full remote. Yeah. Didn't have an office anymore. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I mean, we were we were about to sign a five-year lease. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, I remember it dated in Days, March yeah. 2020. Mm -hmm. And we were like, let's hold off and see this mm -hmm. 14 days slowing the curve mm -hmm. thing and see yeah. how this pans out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, again, we'd already before COVID, we, we knew like, all right, let's kind of scale down and get back to our roots mm -hmm. here a bit and kind of get a little bit more nimble. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, from from a business standpoint. Um, 
I think the thing that I, I didn't factor in was, and this is good for anybody that is starting a production company, just to know like, yeah, your, your first five years are, uh, are going to be your toughest years. You're, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You don't have a body of work yet. You know, like you're, you're building your network, you know, like those are your toughest years. You're figuring out on the business side of things like that, like just that upstart and just figuring that stuff out. I, you know, I can look back and I'm like, yeah, like that's tougher than where we're at now. Much yeah. tougher, you know, yeah. to, to figure that side of it out, you know, and like really, truly like not have a, a whole lot to kind of work with, you know? And so, um, you know, fortunately at that time when I started out, like I had a fantastic person that was a main contact over at, at steel. She was amazing and just continued just to give us opportunity after opportunity and trusted us. And like, don't know where we would have been without her, like kind of believing in us and like encouraging us and giving us more opportunity. And then, then the next, you know, client, you know, same thing. Like we, we just continue just to kind of build our network and, and work with people that really kind of like believed in us and really liked to work with us. And so after you kind of build a rapport, then your name starts to get around, then you kind of work with new people and then people either love you or hate you or, and, or mediocre about you. Most people, I'd say 99.9% .9 of the people love us. And so it's always fun to work with that type of stuff, those type of people. And so you're, you're, at that point in time, I think my mentality was like not factoring in any of that long term, like just, uh, you know, being successful by osmosis and just being around. There's something to be said for that, like just sticking around, being around. And that's uh, that's very beneficial for when you get into a tough time like a covid, you know, when, when you have been around for a long time. So anyway, hopefully that that kind of makes makes sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of looking at it like, well. That was a that was a good run, but we got a long build back to to go, yeah, to get back to where we were, you know. Yeah. And fortunately, it wasn't nearly as long as as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, again, it goes back to our core values of you know just thinking about things creatively, um, having a positive mm -hmm. outlook, and uh, you know even on the pursuit of mastery side of things, like all right, like we are going to get back to sharpening some iron here mm -hmm. and, and just be ready, just be ready to go, um, for, for anything that comes our way. And, uh, again, it was, it was slow in those, those months, those beginning months of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. but we had gone back to those more nimble roots. And, but this time, like you said, you know, it's not like we're doing years one through five again, mm -hmm. because we're five years further down yeah. the, the path yeah. and we have all of that experience and wisdom from those first five mm -hmm. years. And so we were able to bounce back, you know, and then some, and, uh, you know, yeah, we, we made it through 2020 mm -hmm. and, um, you know, by the end of 2020, it felt like sort of like everything that we had sort of missed out on. We were like, dude, we are like slammed busy. Yeah, yeah. And then quarter one, which is typically pretty, pretty slow for us. Quarter one, 2021. We, um, you know, landed some some pretty significant jobs mm -hmm. and uh, um, yeah, that carried us through, you know, for the, the next 16 months. It was mm -hmm. nonstop uh, at the all beginning. All nighters, all night editing sessions, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, at, during that time, too, it was just me and you. Mm -hmm. um, we had uh, Haskell had reached out to us um, and he was he was sort of new to the area. Mm -hmm. Um, but it had been working, uh, up in Northern Virginia and, um, uh, he, you know, just 
came out, I, you know, we give anyone and everyone a shot, you know, and PA'd and, and we just vibed well with him. And, uh, so we brought him, you know, along the journey with us. Um, and you know, he's, he's been a core part of mm-hmm. flagship now for the, the last two years going on. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been quite, quite the last two, three years mm-hmm. now. Um, at this point, it's hard yeah. to believe. Yeah. COVID will be three years like the anniversary of it will be in march Uh, so like a couple weeks yeah from the time of us recording this yeah so um so that's crazy to think about we'll need to do a whole episode on on just matt yeah (laughs) like like just (laughs) just matt the bull oh gosh yeah um a whole episode just on the bulldog and the boston bulldog and just um deep dive into like some of those things i think there's a lot to talk talk about you know uh in episodic terms right like so the flagship has seasons we're on like season five right now mm-hmm. of flagship mm-hmm. um and so he was introduced in season four yeah. of of flagship and we obviously have and love our ogs that were a part of season one mm-hmm. two and three um and uh yeah so it's just but it's it's been a, a freaking journey man mm-hmm. and uh it's been fun man yeah it's been super super fun and we'll have to talk about uh i think i think we've definitely brought us up to this this chapter mark um but we'll have to talk about even yeah the last just three years of of yeah season four or five of, mm-hmm. of flagship and and the experiences that we've had and you know the productions that we've been on and you know the brands that we've worked with and you know yeah even looking forward to the future and and what flagship you know the next five years mm-hmm. sort of sort of looks like but uh yeah that's uh um i don't know maybe this episode should be like how to survive <laughs> and make it in the production industry because that's kind of what it turned into so hopefully yeah hopefully there was uh, some wisdom and some insight there um if nothing else some some good stories yeah. um and yeah, yeah. some takeaways Build your network. Uh, massive key. Don't overextend yourself financially, and uh, yeah, just understand that the take first, risks. Take risks, and the first couple years are going to be your hardest years getting in. And just just know that. Just know if you're if you're in, you know, year one to five. Just know that's your toughest years. Yeah, and take risks creatively, not yes. not financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't take out a loan. Or uh, or if yeah. you're going to take it risk financially, make sure it's very calculated. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. But um. um um, yeah, well, uh, again, um, uh, every, every other Wednesday, we're going to be posting new episodes, um, on, on YouTube and wherever else mm-hmm. podcasts are found. So, uh, check out our LinkedIn and Instagram for more information on, on those episodes and where else to find us. We'll catch you on the next one. On the next one. On to the next one. On, on to the next one. <laughs>